Good morning, church. Welcome to another Sunday of preaching from my lounge to your lounge. A warm welcome, and I trust you're all well this morning, and um, let us endure as we now in level two. Let's continue to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Let's continue to keep our hope in him. I invite you all to turn with me to turn with me to Titus. Please turn with me to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. I'm going to be reading from verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness, and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for another beautiful morning in Robertson. Thank you that um, I can be here this morning to preach your word. Help me to preach it faithfully and help those that are listening to hear it and apply it to their lives. Father, I pray your word would rebuke us and correct us and stir us up and train us in righteousness. Help us to walk in a manner worthy, bearing fruit in every good work. Be merciful to me now, Father. Be merciful to us all. May continue to give us the strength and wisdom to endure our situation we are in. Have mercy upon us, Father. Pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning I thought I would look at zealous for God. It said there at the end of the verse, we are His own possession who are zealous for good works. It says that in Titus chapter 2 verse 14 and so this morning i want to stir up our zeal for god do we have a zeal for god how is our zeal for god now that we are moving into level two of lockdown day 150 are we zealous for god you've heard me say that lord willing we would like to reopen our church in september month which is just around the corner and that means we go back to church, Lord willing, we can worship in the flesh. And what went through your mind? Were you excited? Were you feeling enthusiastic? Were you, you zealous to return back to the church? What went through your mind? Or was there disappointment? Because now your whole comfortable routine is going to be interrupted. Maybe you woke up in the morning, you just walked through to the kitchen, got a cup of coffee, went to the lounge, went back to the bedroom, turned on the phone or the computer and listened to my sermon. And if it was boring, you could just go back to sleep. But now, what, what are you going to do? Have we disrupted your, your comfortable habit? Um, like someone said, familiarity breeds content. Maybe your lounge, your bedroom, you know so well now, has become your comfort zone. And maybe it's caused you to stop respecting the church, respecting 
coming back to the church and getting back into that routine of getting up in the morning, getting into your car when it's cold, driving to church, and then having fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. So hopefully this morning I can stir us up to be zealous for God, to, to have that zeal, because a lot has gone on, gone, gone on. We know that this COVID-19 has, has disrupted our whole lives. Has it dampened your zeal for God? Has it caused you to become disgruntled and become bitter and despondent towards the things of God? Because it's, it's so beautiful to know that we, that if we can reopen, we can return to the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. And, and, and there should be our zeal. There, there should be our joy, knowing that we can return and have fellowship once again. Like I said, maybe this COVID-19 has, has dampened your zeal. Maybe it's robbed you of your joy and zeal for God. I mean, this virus has caused havoc. There's a lot of damage out there. People have lost their jobs. People have had to take cutting salaries. Um, there's suffering. There's, there's even corruption. Um, there is so much evil and wickedness out there that can, that can bring us to a point of despair. And therefore, we lose our zeal for God. But, but should we allow these outward circumstances rob us of our zeal for God? Should they take away our zeal? Yes, we live in a fallen universe. But in spite of this, we should still be zealous for God. And by the word zealous, I mean someone who supports something with great energy. Um, having great enthusiasm, especially in connection with work or religion. So, do we still have a great energy? Do we still want to support something or someone? And that's something that someone is Christ, and that something is His church. And and we should be be zealous for God and His church, for Christ and His church. I mean, we know of people that. Are zealous. I just think of one person, Mark Powell. Talk to him about rugby. Talk to him when the Springboks beat the All Blacks. See how zealous he is for, for, for rugby and for that win. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with being zealous for other things. But we shouldn't lose our zeal for the things of God. We should remain zealous. And, and Scripture helps us to... to, to to, or to remi Scripture reminds us and, and warns us that we were saved to be God's workmanship. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we will walk in them. And, and if we're not zealous for God, then won't, we won't have good works. And, and so we are His workmanship created for good works. And zealous for God brings about fruit and it brings about that good work. I just think of with, with our children growing up. You want to see a child become zealous for something. Just mention ice cream. Just mention we're off to the ice cream parlor. We're going down to the cafe to buy that soft serve. 
and if, you, if it's not that you go into your nearest restaurant to buy a milkshake and you see how zealous they get for ice cream i mean they're basically out the door even before you finish saying we're going down to the shops to buy ice cream because they are zealous and grown-ups as well i still become zealous for a nice milkshake but are we still zealous do we still get excited for the things of god are we zealous will we be zealous for god returning to church soon so this morning to ignite our zeal um, to keep us keeping on in our zeal well it's to god's word we turn and this is kind of a topical sermon and i want to ignite our zeal i want to to help us to encourage us to hear what god's word has to say to help us to become zealous or to continue in our zealous for God, in our zeal for God. So hopefully this morning, as we look at two facts, and hopefully we get through two facts, maybe we only get through one fact, but hopefully these two facts will help us become zealous for God. So the first fact that we want to look at this morning and to help us to be zealous for God is to know that we are supposed to be zealous for God. We are supposed to be zealous for God. According to verses 11 to 14 of Titus chapter 2, God has saved us from lawlessness, from wickedness. He has saved us from sin and from death to live a zealous life for Him. We are supposed to live a zealous life for God. Uh, I read in... Um, and I think it's in Galatians. I read. Galatians chapter 1. I read this. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. The fact that Jesus gave himself for our sins to deliver us or to rescue us from the evil age. Jesus has rescued us from the wrath to come. And that should put a, 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 a love and a zeal. It should make us zealous for the things of God. Wow, this God died in our place. Jesus died in our place to bring us to our Father so that we would be zealous for our Heavenly Father. Now let's be honest. Each one of us has some zeal in our veins. We all have zeal in our veins. A natural zeal. We are all zealous for something. For what we love. And also for what we don't like. So there's a zeal for what we love. And there's a zeal for what we don't like. We passionately love the things such as our family. Maybe we love our job. Maybe we love our sports teams. Maybe we love our house. Maybe our hobbies. Maybe some form of exercising, running, walking, hiking, cycling. We all have a zeal for something. And it's not wrong to have a zeal for something. And then there's also a zeal against what we hate, what we dislike. Like corruption, like oppression like politicians making bad political choices. Someone said, zeal is a two-way street of for 
and against. I repeat, zil is a two-way street of for and against. But are we called to a natural zil? Are we caused? Are we called to have a natural zil caused by external circumstances? Who is supposed to um, fuel our zeal? Who's supposed to ignite our zeal? Is it our natural circumstances or is it something else? And, and, and for a Christian, as, as, as we walk with God, we are called to a godly zeal. And a godly zeal comes from when God saves us and God pours out His love into our hearts and He gives us the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit can, can help us to, to, to cultivate this zeal. We should have a zeal for God because God has poured out His love into our hearts. And, and, and we could say this zeal is a gift, just like faith is a gift, joy is a gift, faithfulness is a gift, self-control is a gift, um, kindness, goodness. You think of the fruits of the Spirit that I've mentioned. So should zeal be a gift so that we can be zealous for God alone. And, and if we are reading the Scriptures, we allow the Holy Spirit working together with the Scriptures to stir up our affections, like our love, like our joy, like our goodness, our kindness, and like our zeal, so that we can be zealous for God. The Scriptures, they stir us up to become zealous for God. And it's important that we are in the Scriptures, that we have our our minds and our faces and our eyes in the scriptures so that we can become zealous for God, so that this zeal that is in us can be stirred up. We mustn't rely on, on external things to, to try to stir up our zeal. There's nothing wrong with becoming happy knowing you're going to go on holiday. Or there's a joy knowing that you're going to someone's birthday party or you gain somewhere special. But you'll see that that joy and that happiness is temporary. Because once that party or that great thing that you were looking forward to comes to pass, that zeal is not there anymore. But, like I think it was Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of God's word should be our strength. The, 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 the zeal of God, of knowing Him, should be what makes us zealous for God. I think of, of myself um, when I had to, the beginning of lockdown, when I had to preach in front of, of the camera with just Troy, Timothy and, and Catherine in the lounge. And the first time I around, I found it very difficult. It was very painful and, and, and hard just to stand here, preach to the camera, to my family, knowing that my brothers and sisters were not there before me. And I thought, let me just hear what some other pastors have to say, how they deal and how they're going to deal with this. And I came across a pastor and what he said what really helped me. And it's amazing. Right there in March, the beginning, the pastor said, it's not so much the congregation that stirs him up to become passionate to preach. It's not the numbers. It's not the faces in front of him. What, what stirs him up is the actual scriptures, God alone. The text that he's going to be preaching from. And, and when reading it through, that stirs up his affections. 
And that is what motivates him. That is what ignites his passion, his enthusiasm, and his zeal to preach with passion and speak the truth in love with a tender heart. And that is so amazing. That should be our take for all of us. Is that when we open up these scriptures, we should come to them in fear and trembling. And we should open up them so that God, the Holy Spirit, can, can stir up our affections, can, can ignite our zeal. Because the word is, is alive and it's full of promises. And that is what should ignite our zeal and stir us up. Not the external things. They are just temporary. Yeah, God's word is permanent. And, and, and it's eternal. It's from the beginning, even before the foundations were laid. God's word has been eternal. So that was encouraging for me. And I hope that, that it's encouraging for you, knowing that the scriptures are what is going to, is what is going to stir up your zeal. Someone said, zeal is like a flame that brings a pot to boil. And so godly zeal should bring our affections to boil, to remain zealous for God, no matter what our circumstances are. And yes, I've, it, it is hard living in the world at the moment. It is painful. There's lots of suffering. And when we do suffer, let's not be hard on ourselves. Let, let suffering come, but take it to the scriptures. Don't be hard on yourself. Take it to a friend. Phone up a friend. WhatsApp a friend. Now you, you like to go visit. You like to socialize with friends and family. So, so, so go and ask someone, you know, this is my situation. This is what's causing so much suffering and pain in my heart. Can you pray for me? Or, or, or you should just say, sit down, Jack. Yeah, I've got some lovely scripture verses for you and I want to pray for you. We need to connect more with each other. We should have more fellowship with each other. This, this isolation and, and this quarantine and the self-distancing should, should drive us now to want to, 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 to be with each other, to be connected and to, to share God's word. So we need God's word to, to inflame our zeal, to, to ignite our zeal. But let's be honest, there are times when our hearts are not ablaze to be zealous for God. There are times when our moods get in the way. They bring us down. They, they, they seem to damper our zeal, our enthusiasm for the things of God. We're no longer enthusiastic for God. Things don't go our way. Um, imagine if the Springboks lost the World Cup last year. Imagine the mood of the country, the mood of the rugby supporters. Yes, it's, it's temporary, but it just shows you what our emotions can do to us when we are affected negatively. It's like you, you can't wait to tell your friends this wonderful idea. And when you go and tell them, they look at you like you're mad and you just, just your mood changes. Your whole emotions become, become disappointed and you just feel like, you're a failure because no one listens to you or, or they didn't like your idea. And that's what happens when we rely on other things to stir up our moods, our, our, our emotions. As a Christian, we should rely on God's word alone. But like I said, there's nothing wrong. If you get something new, that new thing can make you happy. But that shouldn't be what makes you happy.
God's word alone is what makes us happy. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. That is what satisfies, is God's word alone. So what should true zeal look like? Well, true zeal is God-centered. If you're in the scriptures, then God needs to be at the center of your life, and therefore that zeal should be God-centered zeal. The author and object of zeal is our living God. And because of Him, we should have a blazing zeal for God. We should be, want to be zealous for Him. And, and this is Paul writing to Titus. He's also trying to stir up not only his zealous for, for God, for good works, but also the people that he's going to share the, the letter with. I mean, how can we not have godly zeal where Paul writes that, that, that we are Christ's possession, zealous for good works, that we should be passionate and enthusiastic for the things of God, like loving and caring for one another. Like the good Samaritan, he showed that he was zealous for God by stopping to help the man that was beaten up and robbed on the side of the road. That showed that he, that there was a zeal for God, that he was zealous for God. And, and people that are zealous for God will show compassion, will show love, will show mercy towards people. You cannot because the Holy Spirit is living in you. And, and if you're reading the word, he's stirring up your affections to do things like loving your neighbor as yourself. Like showing mercy to the people. Then I think of, of David. How did David take on Goliath? Well, he had zeal for God. It was his relationship. He was connected to God in, in the context of his relationship. He, he had a strong, genuine, sincere relationship with God. And there was his zeal. He was zealous for God because of his relationship with God. And that stirred him up to take on, on, on Goliath. And that also stirred him up to believe that God would deliver him from the hand of Goliath. His trust in God was ignited. His, 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 his trust for God is what, well, he was zealous for God, which helped him trust God. And because he trusted God, he knew his God would be there for him. And that, that's the beautiful thing. If we are in the scriptures, then we can be like the Good Samaritan. We can be like David. And we can rely on God to stir up our zeal so that we can have God-centered zeal and not man-centered zeal or human-centered zeal. We want a God-centered zeal. We want to be zealous for God to do, to do God's will here on earth. I mean, I think of Jesus. Jesus had a zealous for his father. He never lost it with the people. He, he, got a, he had a righteous anger when he chased people out the, 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 the temple because they turned it into a marketplace. It was a righteous anger. If he, if, he, if he said harsh words to the Pharisees, it was a righteous anger. It was, it was without sin. And I love what Jonathan Edwards says about Jesus. Says when Christ was surrounded by enemies, like roaring lions, he showed his strength not in the exercise of any fiery passions, 
not in fierce and violent speeches, but in patience, in meekness, in love and forgiveness. And the only reason why he could do this, because he had a zealous for his father. He was zealous for his father. And, and we need to look to God and ask him to stir up our zeal for him. So we can be zealous for God. So that we can be like David. Be like the Good Samaritan. Otherwise we can end up being like Peter. Think of Peter in the Garden of Gethsemane. Where, where Jesus was betrayed by Judas. And Peter violently attacked a soldier and cut off his ear. But praise God. And praise Jesus came to Peter and helped him. To love the sheep, to love the lambs. That's God's love and grace. He came to Peter and he turned his eyes off himself. And then you read 1 Peter and 2 Peter and you see how, how over 30 years, it was 30 years later that Peter, 1 Peter and 2 Peter were written after Jesus' ascension. And you read about that and you see his humility, you see his love, you see him say, God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. And humble people will be zealous people. Loving people will be zealous people. Zealous for God. They're not there for the things of themselves. So we have a choice. I love, I love James. Um, Jesus' stepbrother. And James says this, if I can find it. Um, and this is what a zealous person who is zealous for God looks like. Who is wise and understanding among you. Well, by his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. There is a man or woman who is zealous for God. So this first fact that we looked at, to help us to become zealous for God, we're just going to look at this one fact, and we'll move on to the second fact, Lord willing, next Sunday. But this first fact, to help us to become zealous for God, is important. Why is it important? Because it's important to know that we are to be zealous for God. And our zeal needs to be God-centered. We need to be zealous for God and the things of God. And we will look at that, Lord willing, next Sunday. That our life should be a life of zeal for God. But will we take this first fact that we've heard this morning to encourage us to be zealous for God? Will we be encouraged to grow our zeal to become zealous for God? I know what's going to happen when the sermon's finished. You turn off your TV, you turn off your phone, and you start doing things through the day, or you go down to the shops. Let me tell you now, your zeal will sway. That's why there's a fight for zeal. It's a spiritual battle, and you will have to fight to be zealous for God. Because the worldly things will distract you. And they will take away your zeal for God and focus your zeal on other things. So that is why we need, and you've heard me say this over and over through lockdown, we need to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you and I will not grow weary and lose heart. So that you and I can remain zealous for God. 
So will we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus? Will we look to the cross? And keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus means that we are in the scriptures, embracing his words and his works so that we can run our race here zealous for God. That nothing robs us of our zealous for God. So that we can look at Jesus, who is the, is the example of someone that was zealous for God. What a great example to look at so that we can grow our zeal for God. So that we can become more zealous for God. But will we turn our eyes from the world and fix them on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And allow him to teach us to become more zealous for him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this passage to stir us up, to, to, to have a zeal for you, to be zealous for you, to, to be zealous for you alone, Father. But forgive us, Father. There are times when my own heart is not zealous for you. Forgive me, Father, and forgive us. But give us the wisdom to, to look to Christ, to embrace the Scriptures, to read the Scriptures, so that the Scriptures can fuel our zeal and can help us to be zealous for God. Help us to be zealous for your Father. Have mercy upon us, Jesus. Have mercy upon us, Father. Please forgive us. But help us as a church. I think of reopening soon. That you would give us a zeal to, to, to come back. To be zealous for you. And have a hunger and a thirst for the things of God. I pray this lockdown has, has caused us to embrace Christ differently. That we would love him and reflect his glory into the lives of of this wicked world to be the salt and light but father we know we can only do this if we have a, a zealous for you help us father help us to to turn our eyes from looking at vanity and revive us in your ways so that we may have a zealous for you alone i pray and ask this all in the precious name of jesus amen i'm going to close from lovely benediction and we need this lovely benediction from numbers chapter 6 Maybe spend some time pondering on it, memorize it, study it, because this is what we need. Numbers chapter 6, starting at verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And God's children say, Amen.